Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Scala. Welcome back, guys. You're listening to Style Over Substance. We're just two friends talking about our experiences working inside the fashion industry and also our observations from outside the fashion industry. It's sometimes serious, but it's definitely always a good laugh. Always. We release new episodes every Tuesday. So subscribe on your favorite podcast listening platforms. So I've got my hair done today. Mm, okay. And right in the salon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I have to get my roots done because I have a lot of grey hairs. But you know what they do? So this is not very... <laughs> Can't really see from here. Oh, yeah, it's a big one. It's on my forehead. They just, like, leave stains of, like, the hair stuff. I just think, surely that's... that's- that's not, they're not supposed to do that. Hairdressing 101, surely. Yeah, don't, I thought that was don't part leave of the a stain on my face. Luckily, I'm not going anywhere or having to do anything, but that wouldn't even be covered by makeup. Yes, I like to bronze myself, but not that highly. Um, so yeah. <laughs> How much did it cost for them to leave stains on your face? <laughs> Too much money. Yeah. <laughs> Too much money. But like the oh, irony God. is. The stains aren't on my centre parting. So I think why are they on my face? You know what? I'd rather them be on my face than my centre parting. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Um, but I just, I don't know. I just really struggle with like, I definitely need to get better at being like, should we remove that? Can we, can we just do your job a little better? Can we? But like, no matter <laughs> where I've been, it seems mm. to be what they slack on. And it just really grinds my buttons. Um, yeah. God, yeah. I wouldn't be too happy. I'd, I'd be embarrassed keeping... if you'd I like you were wash someone's grays, hair. Though. Huh? I thought you were keeping your greys. I was going to. And then I, because I was like, I've got quite a few now. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to have to brace them at some point. Mm. And then I saw a picture of myself. <laughs> and I was like, I'm not accepting that. I'm not accepting that just yet. I like them. You don't have as many as I do. <laughs> no, no, I'm talking about yours. I like your greys. Well, the pro- I just they're, they're so distinguished. I don't mind them too much, but the problem I find is I forget how many I've got. And if I tie my hair up, my biggest culprit is sort of like if I tie my hair up, then you just suddenly see like Pandora's box of grey hairs. Mm. Um, awful analogy. Um, 
and I sort of forget that they're there um but I'm I'm really looking forward to the day and I don't think it's too far off where like they become part of my appearance um I just think I feel need to I need to find a man and feel secure before I let myself <laughs> become the OAP I was always meant to be. I just need someone to love me first before oh my God. I embrace I mean, my inner 90 year old. I, I respect the tactics, but I do think if you. I need to learn want- in with false pretenses. <laughs> <laughs> Stop. <laughs> um, I think if you want to one day be mm. that older woman who has luscious gray locks then you have to you can't dye them you can't no. one day be like i'm in, i'm ready to embrace them and then just stop dyeing your hair yeah because- no i i'm 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 very aware of that and i don't want to be the box dye lady where she gets like the the lines that just i want it to yeah. be natural i want it to kind of flow okay i am like i'm very prepared for it um mm. i just feel like 30 is quite young to have as many as i do um and some people are cool with it some people aren't and I just think I'll maybe I'll revisit it again in like a year or two (laughs) yeah 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 I think the key to having a full head of grey hair when you're older is to start growing them young I agree and I don't think you should pluck them out it Mm. just helps them grow out wily anyway um because then like if you pluck out a hair then it starts growing and so like to begin with it's only just growing like mm-hmm. yeah um yeah but I do feel a little lease of life that my hair looks useful <laughs> no it looks great it looks good thanks um yeah mm-hmm. but it is mad isn't it how much we pay for stuff like that yeah I mean grooming is expensive like I was talking to you before I was thinking about getting my nails done my Mm. acrylics done again just because it's like it's summer and I really like acrylics I like the way they look I like all the designs yeah but it is high maintenance it's it's high maintenance and you know what my even my salon doesn't even do nail art so I don't even get the perk of that the most they do is like a color tip um but yeah they don't do nail art I think you need to get out of Surrey. I know, but I'm not going to go all the, like, I know, I need to. <laughs> My thought process there yeah. was, I'm not going to go into London to get them done because if no. I'm in London, I'm normally there for an occasion and I want my nails to look nice. Yeah, yeah. I think there must be some, ta- maybe like stains. There must be like a, I don't what was that face? That's what you need to you need to be you know with the normal people it's where you get the good nail art yeah I need I need to I need to find somewhere good yeah I just think it's fun I think it's oh I just love good nails yeah I'm just thinking about typing and Mm. the ongoing cost of having acrylics yeah so yeah it's a oh my god do you know do you know erica jane sorry do you know erica jane oh yeah yeah yeah. we we spoke about it's expensive to be me yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) seriously it is 
<laughs> and it was very expensive to be her. But I would also say, like, my hair, I haven't had it done for six months. I, no. I try and be as low maintenance as I can be. I'll do my nails every, like maybe once a month maximum. Like it's normally for a special occasion. I'll do like stuff in between and do them myself. Mm-hmm. But I do yeah. like, I just do like the stuff. Mm, all the things. Mm. Yeah. Oh, well. What's your fashion story? <laughs> okay, so my uh, fashion story is about Kendrick Lamar. He's been off oh. the scene for a uh, yeah, he's been off the scene for a while, but he's got a new album. Um, my fashion story is not about his album, obviously. Um, but it is not a very good album. I will say that. Mm. A lot of potential. Is it not? But no. You know what it is? You know when a new artist comes out, their first album, like you can tell there's like a lot of thought. They've got something to prove. They're coming out with like something really fresh. So it's and just then their once, life's work. Yeah, exactly. It's a Opus Magnus or something. And then as they make a lot of money, they feel like they can be more experimental. They can just kind of put out stuff that they want to put out that maybe it's fun for them to make, but it's not the most cohesive body of work. And that's kind of what I think. There's a lot of potential, but it was just a bit messy. Um, but either way, so you might have seen him around. If not, he's been like performing and obviously promoting his album and he's been wearing this like crown of thorns mm-hmm. you know like jesus Jesus's. iconography mm-hmm. yes <laughs> um and i suppose there's all this meaning surrounded why he's like going around and wearing it but my fashion story is that it is a tiffany's piece of jewelry yep stop it I'm not joking. So the uh, crown of thorns was designed over the course of 10 months. Their headpiece features 8,000 cobblestone micro parve diamonds totaling more than 137 carats and weighs about 200 grams. That's not much. Two kilograms. Uh, oh, sorry. Two, you said two hundred grams. Oh no, no, no. It's two hundred grams. Sorry. Oh, that's light. Yeah, that's light. Yeah. I guess the diamonds itself. I feel like micro. This cheapens the aesthetic, in my opinion. If you're going to make the weight state, of the diamonds, no, no, just the fact that it's Tiffany's. If you're going to have your little Jesus Christ moment. Mm, mm-hmm. It doesn't need to be Tiffany's. I just don't. I just don't think that pairs up, in my opinion. What do you think doesn't pair up? Because, like, the picture that I saw of him at Glastonbury, he's wearing all white. He's got like blood dripping down from the thorns and all of that stuff. And I yep. just don't think it should be a diamond thorn crown. Yep, 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 yep. I just kind of think that the symbolism. I'm not super religious, but the symbolism gets lost if it's a Tiffany's crown 
in like my eyes. I agree. I think that there's a debate of like blood diamonds. Mm. There's a, a debate of um obviously Jesus was a figure of very little personal possessions. So to have something as expensive as a Tiffany's designed diamond encrusted crown, again, yeah, I get what you mean. It kind of goes against that imagery. Um but he did kind of have an explanation to it. Does it really make sense to me? He kind of made it sound like it was a juxtaposition of like mm. hood royalty. Because, I mean, that is, is his whole kind of vibe in this album. But I get what you mean. It is a weird one. It's incredibly indulgent to walk around with a crown that means that's so symbolic and it's diamond encrusted um I don't I I beg to question if his if he's friends with Jay-Z and Beyonce because they're like the new Tiffany ambassadors aren't they oh is is Tiffany kind of going in like a more hip-hop direction I feel like it's trying to Mm. because when we grew up obviously kind of like now all these rappers wore a lot of jewelry and a lot of diamonds and stuff but the I remember the the brands and the jewelers that were really popular at the time that I kind of heard some of their names they weren't like like you know uptown New York jewelry designers yeah you know they were just they kind of had their niche in Hip hop culture, and they catered to rappers who wanted custom made pieces and really ostentatious um, uh, chains and rings and all of that. And they were all custom made. It wasn't like like we see now, Tiffany's, who's making pieces for like the hip hop community. I, I guess that these sorts of brands are well-established over a hundred years old and are used to catering to like upper crust, probably look down at a lot of these like street rappers and just rappers in general and the whole like hip hop R&B community. I always thought that they probably thought it was a bit like mm, trashy. We're way too good for that. Yeah, but. The fact that you said it was how many months, 10 months in the making or something like this has been Mm. a a big planned thing. So he's known this aesthetic for a while. (laughs) Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Which is commitment in itself, because in my eyes, I'm going to like use someone like Kanye as an example, when he just suddenly like thinks of an aesthetic I can't imagine he waits 10 months for that aesthetic to become a reality. He wants it then, he wants it now in a matter of weeks. Because if you get that um like vision of what mm-hmm. your next aesthetic is, like you don't want to be waiting 10 months for Tiffany to create your, your diamond crown of thorns. Um I think Kendrick Lamar is a far more consistent yeah. figure though. His aesthetic is not, <laughs> not so particularly flashy. Um, huh? <laughs> he's not so scatty. Yeah, he's not. He's not scattering. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, 
So yeah, I thought it was just crazy. And when I read that it was Tiffany's, you can just imagine that he's got to have like his normal bodyguard, but then like a Tiffany rep to make sure that at the end of every performance, it goes back in its in box, the box. It goes back into the safe, you know, you and cannot like, just be. Imagine. Yeah. And it doesn't, It like, I just saw a picture, but it didn't look like it was worth a bodyguard, you know? I didn't even realise it was diamond. Yeah, 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 neither did I. Interesting. Hmm. Very symbolic and poignant. Yours. What is your fashion story, though? So my fashion story is, I think this is a few weeks old, but it's only just grabbed my attention, mm-hmm. that she in... Is that how we say it, Shein? Yeah, because it used to be called She Inside, I think. Okay. So I believe so it's Shein pledged 15 million mm. to basically um, like counteract their fast fashion impact. What is 15 million going to do? Let me find, let me find like the exact terminology here because I feel like that's. We can just edit out that bit. Yeah. Fast fashion giant Shein pledges 15 mil for textile waste workers in Ghana. So my initial reaction to that is don't do fast fashion in the first place. Like, why are you spending 15 mil to counteract essentially what you're doing? Because it's for, like, the waste, it's for whatever, it's for the workers. Mm -hmm. Don't do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it makes me literally like me going, I'm creating the most fatty, indulgent snack that ever was. Kids are going to get addicted to it. It's going to be in every supermarket. But... I'm then going to pledge fifteen million pounds for childhood obesity. Yeah, I like know. It, it's <sighs> it's dumb, but that's the thing. Like this is these fashion, though. Like this is fast fashion to a T. These companies make so much money off of being the problem that they they're not they're not out here really trying to solve the problem because that would hurt their pockets. They're here to appear to be solving the issue. Um, Many of our listeners, I don't know if you guys know, but in a lot of Western countries, a lot of our recycling gets shipped over to other countries to either be burnt or recycled or sometimes our donated clothing gets, you know, sold by charities to then be sold on in markets in Mm. poorer countries. So that's the first thing that kind of popped into my mind like is it going to Ghana because that's where a lot of kind of garment waste ends up um and then my second thought was 15 million is not a lot of money for Shein they I I listened um I think it was a podcast or a video or something and they upload like 6,000 new items on their site every day it was because their product their product range is vast exactly and so if you think it's not just clothes it's like stickers it's homeware it's like random it's random shit you know exactly so that kind of gives you a scale of how 
big Shein is and how big their offering is and how much shit they sell. If they're uploading thousands of new products on their website each and every day. So again, 15 million just don't seem to cut it for me. You're right in in saying like they should just not be making this shit to begin with. Yeah, and so and actually considering clothes isn't the only thing they do, right? So I know that's probably where Shein gets its notability for or notoriety, but mm. it also sells like stickers, it sells like pen pots, stationery. I think it sells maybe home stuff. It sells all manner of sins. So for it to just sort of pigeonhole or select fast fashion as its thing that it will contribute back to is also kind of wild. It's an attempt at greenwashing, isn't it? Because fast fashion is often quoted as being like the second biggest pollutant um, in the world. Um, as a result of our massive consumption of clothing and our massive spending habits when it comes to clothing, that it it appears to be good if you're going to say, well, we're going to tackle our our impact within fast fashion and let's forget about all the other stuff that we do. Yeah, for sure. And I guess, like you said, fast fashion is probably the most like headliney thing they do. Mm. so that's them probably just trying to cover up I guess the rest of it but so what are they going to do what are they doing with the money exactly they're just giving it to people in Ghana it's a pledge it's a pledge <laughs> like are you having a laugh hmm huh. hmm okay they could say it's it's 15 million over 15 years and you know who also like is this I don't is this political? I don't know. You know who yeah, also made a pledge to stuff was Amber Heard. She made a pledge to two charities and they never got the money. So Oh really? <laughs> in her trial with Johnny Depp, it was like a big thing of her divorce settlement. She said she'd give it to two charities, and those two charities never received that Stop donation. Stop it. I think I should be making some pledges. <laughs> I pledge to give myself yeah a million pounds yeah oh that's funny Jeez. um yeah should we go into the the crux of this episode let's We interrupt this broadcast to say, go follow us on Instagram. Our handle is at Starloves of Substance Pod. There you'll find our weekly fashion topics, all the stuff that we discuss in each episode, and our polls. Or reach out to us at styleoversubstancepodcast at gmail.com for new suggestions of topic discussions or even to share your own fashion stories. We also have a YouTube channel, Style Over Substance Podcast, if you'd rather listen to our episodes over there. Back to the episode. So we realised, we've talked a hell of a lot about designer clothing 
designer fashion, all things designer. But we have not talked about children, bambinos, kids decked out in designer garments. Now, I have some feelings about it. Firstly, I think if you can afford it, put your kids in whatever the hell you want. But Mm -hmm. I think equally, it feels very dystopian to be putting a baby in like an 800 pound garment that they can only be in for like a week or two or a year or like six months or a year. It just feels very indulgent. Like we accept it for us. We tend to invest in that stuff when we're adults, when we hope to only sort of be in a certain size range for the rest of our lives. Granted, mm. other things happen. Things yeah. don't, like don't always fit. But we invest in stuff with the hope that they will last forever. Mm-hmm. But to invest yeah. in something with the knowledge that it can't, I feel like is a whole nother maybe level of wealth or level of indulgence Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. we haven't quite explored yet that's so true oh my god that yeah definitely it is weird especially I agree with you in that you know it's your money you do what you want with your money but at the same time like there is such a thing as having more money than sense Mm. (laughs) yeah and I was just perusing Harrods children's section um and just googling designer kids wear like Givenchy children's wear and obviously Versace and (laughs) And, I mean anyone listening if you really must they're all on sale at the moment so go ahead you know get the like it's a summer sale yeah it's a summer sale um because god forbid you would ever have your kid in last season's (laughs) (laughs) clothing (laughs) I feel the same way about designer children's wear as I do about really lavish first birthdays for children Mm. (laughs) and it's like it's more for the parents and it's more for the guests the people seeing your kids in in like a Versace your baby doesn't know what it's being sick on yeah 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 (laughs) and kids are kids and I think that if you put them in something that's really expensive and this can happen whether you're filthy rich or whether you are regular degular and you just want to you just want to overly spoil your children like children are going to get up run about roll in the grass you know fall over things as they should like Mm -hmm. that's what they're meant to do is just like run around and exert themselves and get messy when they're you know children and I would hate to think that people are putting putting their children in these 400 pound outfits, 500 pound outfits, trainers that are 300 pound a pop and being like, no, don't do that. Don't do this. Don't do that. Mm. Get up off the grass. You know, like don't roll around in that. Don't get on the swings because they're in thick. They're in an outfit which costs their parents like a thousand pound. Yeah. I think you have to be prepared that if you're willing to part with that cash to remember who you're putting it on, to remember that it's your kid, to remember that like, yeah, a kid's, if your kid is a toddler or older, it's going to want to run around. There's going to be grass stains. It's going to be this. 
Um, if your kids still in nappies, there might be a poo explosion. There might be, you know, whatever. I just think you have to remember who's wearing the garment um, mm-hmm. and to be prepared for that. And it is, it's, po- it's for posing really, isn't it? Like what else does it really fill your soul with to see your kid in like a Burberry onesie? It's for other people to see it. It's for whatever. And that's fine. Mm. But But that's the thing. Like when I can only speak for myself, but when I was younger and we used to either go to church when it was like Christmas or like midnight Mm. mass or like something important was going on at church or someone's wedding. And like my mum used to buy us like proper dressed up dresses and we used to get our hair we used to go to the hair salon and get our hair done and put in like a bun with like (laughs) like all of that you can imagine the imagery that was my early childhood and it was like okay I didn't grow up wearing designer stuff I was a very regular had a very normal regular regular my favorite phrase you've ever come out (laughs) (laughs) well it's (laughs) this is from Cardi B I think I just love that phrase regular regular um I just remember like on those occasions where we were wearing something nice it's like oh get up off the floor do you know what I mean like what are you doing like this is brand new sort of thing there was that like tense that was apprehension from my mum mm. so even though she's not like in any other yeah. any other day or occasion not like that in example, any other forum like, yeah like my school uniform or something like don't fuck it up you know you've got to wear this again <laughs> yeah so I think that parents you know how it is like parents think they're going to be balanced and fair and you know have the the level-headedness to be like oh you know what I can afford it do whatever I just want them to look cute but really inside I struggle to think that they're going to dress their kids in head to toe Givenchy and just think it's okay. Like they're just going to throw it in the washing machine at the end of the day. And it's going to be, you know, good. that's dry clean only. <laughs> oh my God. Can you imagine? No, but I, I hear you. And I, funnily enough, so I dropped my, my nephew off to school today or to nursery. And I was like, that was a really cute morning. And I was like, I don't think I would be that way if I was a mum. I think I'd be way stressier of like, we need to get ready. And I was like, oh no, I don't want to be that mom. Like I want to be easygoing. I want to be able to be the mom that like the person that I am with my nephews. Yeah. Make every morning and it doesn't really matter, but obviously that's, it's not every day. And actually both my sister-in-laws are really patient, really calm mums. And I was like, oh, I'm going to be aggy and awful. (laughs) And I just think that, that is what I imagine the people who put their kids in expensive clothes are like. And it's so funny because actually the only experience I've had recently of a little person in maybe like nicer clothing was at my friend Faith's wedding and her niece had a lovely bridesmaid's dress. But ultimately she wasn't even at the wedding for that long. She just was having a bad day. And mm. if she had been, she would have got something 
all down it immediately I think she did the second she got it on she forgot like had a snack and got dribbled down it or something and kids will be kids and I just think that you just have to let them be kids um so as long as you can put them in this expensive stuff then fine but I think it also just begs the question of why you putting them in that because it's ultimate it's ultimately for the parents like you said and I just think we live in a day and age and I really am careful to catch myself of like if I'm taking lots of pictures of family stuff am I am I doing this for the right like am I doing this because I want to capture mm. these kids and yeah. obviously I am I'm not doing it to Instagram my nephews but it's like that thing of oh I want a picture with him I want a picture with them and I have to catch myself like am I doing this because I want to put it somewhere or am I doing it because I want this memory and like nine times out of ten is because I want that memory but you have to like be careful and catch yourself that you're not just doing it to put it on the internet because yeah. I think that's what a lot of the agenda is with this stuff. Or even if you get dressed to look nice, right? If you go out and it's like, I want to look nice for myself, but like, it'd be really great if I got a nice picture. But the picture can't be the main event. Yes. Like, I mean, granted, I'm not an influencer, so it's not the main event. But I just think your kid's fit- picture is not the main event. Yeah, I I get it. I think, yeah, you're right. I'm trying In to like, think of like an equivalent for us regular, regular people of, <laughs> of like what would be extravagant. Like I'm trying to think like baby Timberlands, but that's not, do you know what I mean? I'm trying to think of like a regular, regular version of like putting your kid in something. Maybe it's like, you know, when kids that maybe have a little Ralph Lauren polo. I don't know. But it's just not the, it's not the same. It's not the same as something that's like 700 quid. Yeah. I mean, and especially maybe it kind of correlates with the idea of designer goods now are treated much more like fast fashion than it ever has been we buy more designer goods and I think because more people have access or seeming to have more access to designer goods and we see that that Gucci disco bag everywhere we see like there are certain things you see everywhere maybe it's like you know the real rich people need to separate themselves from us wannabe rich people and so it's like if you see kids in designer clothes you know they're proper wealthy like or, I mean, all their parents just bought them like a cute, one single cute outfit from like Dolce & Gabbana or whatever it is. But maybe it separates like the wheat from the shaft. Do you know what I mean? I mean, for sure. It, it's definitely who can afford it and all of that stuff. Um, but what I think... Yes, yeah, so I read an article that was basically saying that we you have to be really careful about what what age you st- keep buying these things for children because we kids become entitled. We live in an age where 16, 17 year olds are expecting to have some form of a designer handbag 
And so I think if you're raised being decked out and stuff and you have like a mini Louis, like Vuitton bag, and you've got like all these mini designer bags, which like we know exist because like micro purses have just been such a hit anyway. So they work perfectly for kids. So true. That we have like people have to be quite careful of like the precedent they set for their kids and the expectation they set because granted if their parents are that wealthy hopefully they go on and you know acquire that similar level but it's just you've got to be careful the kind of habits you treat your children to I think Mm -hmm. um I just I don't know why for children it just seems so much more of like a, a showcase of wealth I guess it's because of how quickly they grow out of it. But the reality is, is that adults probably only wear the outfit once. (coughs) I think also there's something unique between having kids wear, which is Gucci, Prada, Givenchy, Balmain, and children's brands that have always existed for super wealthy people that are just as expensive mm-hmm. but we don't know the names we don't yeah. know those labels they just have like really small boutiques in Chelsea and you know and in parts of Oxfordshire and places mm-hmm. that people have always bought into these really high ticket items for their children so I wonder what the difference is in like our approach to kids wear. I think that's so true because actually you spoke about this maybe last episode that your mum used to like to buy from, I can't think of the place now. Was it Marnie? Were you asking me about Marnie? Oh, I can't remember. No, it was a store though, but like it was a nice store, but it's maybe not sort of logo mania. And I think there's sort of like a silent classiness. Oh, it was a Hobbs. No, it wasn't Hobbs, but it was similar. <laughs> but there's like a silent, like, I'm investing in something, but I'm not doing it to show. I just want this kind of for myself, an unknown, unnamed brand. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And like, this is what's always prevented me from getting the Gucci belt or whatever, because realistically, we can all save up to get that. But mm-hmm. I don't like what it represents. I mm-hmm. really don't like the kind of conformity, the logo thing and having like obviously worked in fashion like that. I know you just slap a logo on everything because it sells and that's the right thing to do. I'm a sucker for a logo. I'm a sucker for a monogram print though. I have to admit. Would you person. Would you own the Gucci belt? Oh, no, no, no. But that's just because I don't wear belts with... Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't buy an Hermes belt because it's got an H on it. Yeah. I wouldn't buy a Gucci one because it's got a G on it. I think it it dates. Yeah, and it's just not my style. I think so. I think yeah. Obviously, it's. I think bags are maybe more timeless. Or, but yeah, I really, really struggle with all that stuff. I do think there's a time and a place, and like you said, like I think there's, it dates. It becomes a thing, but I also just think sometimes logoless 
And I've worked mm-hmm. for brands before that don't want to put a logo anywhere and they try and use design aesthetic as their sort of selling point. Mm-hmm. And I find that maybe that's because that was one of my first design jobs, but I find that still really alluring mm-hmm. that I can know, you know what? Like this is a nicely made coat or this is a nicely made jacket. And I know that. And if someone wants to feel it or like whatever, they'll appreciate that. But otherwise it's not showy. And I've just chosen to do that for myself just to have a nicer item. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what you're saying with those sort of more boutique, less well-known kids clothes brands is it's one thing just to be like, you know what? Yeah, all my kids' clothes come from the white company. Mm. All like nicer. Gucci bateau. Yeah. (laughs) But there's another thing for it to be like Gucci, 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 Burberry, Gucci, 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 Prada. Like it's totally different in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think there's another factor to it. And that is these bigger name brands um, kind of what I've read from an article is that they understand that having a scaled down version of the adult line really appeals to a lot of the parents. So particularly like the streetwear brands, you can put any baby in some trackies because it's like, it's comfortable. You could throw it in the washing machine. I love a kid in trackies. Oh, I love babies in trackies. I feel like, it's like a it's like a grown up onesie, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> um, and so especially scaling down that streetwear aesthetic for kids, you know, putting like putting them in a pair of trainers, a hoodie, it works for them, um, and it also doesn't it it melds well with the adults' style as well. You get these mini me aesthetics, um. And so there's an argument to be made that are we dressing kids in a way, I'm not talking about trackies as such, but maybe other styles. Are we dressing children in a way that's a bit too old for them? Um, particularly when we talk about teenagers or preteens, um, that could be another thing. Oh, for sure. I think it even starts before then. I'm a big believer that babies should remain in baby grows for as long <laughs> as sort of possible. Because I think everyone feels that way. <laughs> no, but like some people like, you know, obviously the odd occasion it's fun to make them look kind of like a mini grown up. Mm. But for the most part, I just think a baby should look like a baby. There's so much time for them to wear jeans. There's so much time for them to wear like those smart, cute outfits. Yes. Um but yeah, I do. Th- I do think we accelerate it all, um, and again, I think that's the showy thing, though, isn't it? Because as a kid, like, I think we grew up just in the age of just disgusting looking back at outfits. It was excessively like fr- if it was dress up, it was like frilly and quite <sighs> girly, and if it was if it was dressed down, it was like ultimate tomboy. Not just that. Some there was a phase of like crop tops, and that was scandalous. Mm. Yeah, you know? <laughs> a crop top. I and still a pair of think a crop top is scandalous because of how we grew up. You know. Oh my god! I have a top um, that I was going to wear over the weekend. I bought it, never worn it before. It's like a shirt, but it's cropped. Yeah, long sleeve. And I was like, I have a high waisted 
pair of trousers I can they wear don't with need it. it. Mm-hmm. So I put the trousers on, put the top on. And I was like, there's too much midriff showing. I can't go out like this. I couldn't do it. So I'm like, I might have to donate the top. I've never worn it in my life. And I, I don't bet there wasn't even thought... that much midriff showing. Yeah, I thought to myself, <laughs> yeah, I can't do it. It's difficult. It's not. I was always someone who wore like a vest top under all my clothes so that like even if I lent yes. over, something yes. wouldn't show. Like that was me as a kid. And the other day at work, very similarly to you, I wore this like wrap top that I had and I wore like a body underneath. I wore like a nude-ish, more like tan camel colour body suit underneath. Mm. And so if I moved, like that's what you would see as my bodysuit. Granted, that's a colour I'm also trying to be at times. But at one point, I, could, I feel like I felt my boss be like, is that a crop top? Or like, can, is that her tummy? <laughs> Just like very much like, this is not my stomach. Yeah, I am wearing something underneath this so that yep. we don't see every time I move or bend like what I had for lunch today. Um, mm. But I feel like it's a narrative that really needs to change and don't get me that we won't get started on women's rights on this podcast today um (laughs) but I think it's a crazy thing of like I think we think you have to have washboard abs or move and nothing ripples to be able to wear a crop top I think there's a time and a place for a crop top a workplace is not that yeah um but I feel like there's something that we should feel more like you should feel comfortable wearing a crop top. You've got a great figure. There is no reason you shouldn't be able to wear a crop top. I think I'm just, um, as a person, I feel like we've had this discussion before. Mm. Uh, I think the older I've gotten, I'm more comfortable. You never would have. I would have never. No, I would have never. But I know now I can sit in my decision. Like, I know I feel more comfortable covered up. And actually, maybe that's a really good point. It's like lessons learned. Like, and granted, I've probably never really worn a crop top, but if I've worn something and you like the worst thing is when you feel uncomfortable the whole night and you're like trying to like hide the fact that you feel uncomfortable, like readjust, it's not worth it. I'd rather look a little bit worse, but feel comfortable (laughs) every time. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. I don't want to have to, when I get dressed, I want to put on clothes and think, okay, I look good. That's that's it. it. That's the, that's the last thing. I don't need to be readjusting every. Um, but back on the topic of children's wear. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, there is this discussion of our kids dressed to adulty. Are we cutting short their childhood because we're dressing them like little adults and expecting them to act like little adults? There's a whole massive discussion around it. And I think that plays into the why on earth would you spend hundreds of pounds or hundreds of dollars on designer stuff for your kid? Mm. Yeah, it's like, I would not encourage any normal person, even if you're on a good salary, to spend that sort of money on clothing for your kid. I saw on the Times, they have a segment called Money Matters, Money Mental, sorry, and they had an article of how much it costs you to raise a child from birth um, or like prenatal to the age of 18. And it comes in at about 
just over 200 grand, like 202,000 pounds. And that is not even including someone who might go to private private nursery or private schooling or, you know, was really who raised their child in a lot of extra extracurriculars yeah yeah or piano lessons and all of that stuff like it's just kind of like the average you know the average for the UK is basically what they said and that comes in at 900 and just over 900 pounds a month 940 pound a month isn't that insane uh if you put oh. it like 900 pound a month it really kind of hits home dude dude so if you're going to spend that budget on a on a 400 pound t-shirt mm. literally you could you could get a bedazzler and do yourself and just like <laughs> <laughs> write Givenchy across a black the, t-shirt the message of this episode and any episode is ultimately get a bedazzler I mean, the amount of times I've mentioned bedazzlers. <laughs> it's because you are your mother's daughter. <laughs> you know what? When I say bedazzler, I think of my childhood. And that is just that. I'm not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> it's a comforting word. Um, yeah, so it's, yeah, it's insane as it is. You have to be comfortable in kind of throwing that money out the window and being like, I don't need to put that money in an ISA for my child. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I think you have to have a obscene money for it to make sense. And then, I don't know. I think also it's, for me, I don't know if I'm getting too, like, environmental, but I think it's just, and it's a money-making thing or whatever, but I just feel like it doesn't make sense environmentally for these brands to have, like, children's wear oh you know what I just feel like that's asking for landfill oh so again in preparation for this episode there was a website and they I think their whole thing is about it's called luxury lifestyle mags so you know where they're going with this and their article was why you should invest they use the word invest why you should invest in designer clothes for your children and one of their arguments was the environmental impact they said essentially that fast fashion yeah they said that fast fashion doesn't wear as well doesn't last as long like you put it in the washing machine it pretty much like disintegrates or is out of shape it it doesn't hold up as well yeah um and we go through that clothes so quickly and i was like well isn't isn't that just not growing out of stuff Mm. yeah your child is growing out of it it's not a decision to no longer wear those clothes it's because they physically can't fit into it anymore um so it was a really weird spin yeah I don't think that's just a valid point (laughs) I don't know what I have to say other than that I just don't agree yeah and then next point off the back of the environmental one was for longevity. <laughs> I mean, um, yeah, granted, maybe you want to hand down your clothes. If you have three kids, you buy indulgent stuff for the first one, you hand them down between all three. Yeah. Like, but also, I'm going to be honest, 
even something from Burberry is going to bubble after a few years. Not like it, yes, it, it's yes. it's not going to not show wear and tear. This this designer stuff is not bulletproof. It's yeah, you might pay a certain amount, but like ultimately, if you have to wash that a hundred times, it's going to show it. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, no. I don't get like, it. But the thing is, is these brands are coming out with um, children's line because they sell. And I remember over the past few years seeing a number of like articles come out about the explosion of popularity with designer children's wear. And that's because people are buying it. There is no other reason beyond oh. that. You know, we talk about how difficult sure. it is to sustain a fashion brand um to design new pieces or to produce new pieces in a completely different size range um for children it's just completely different that sort of investment into a whole new category is a lot and so they must see that there is going to be a lot of um upside to doing it basically yeah, I think I also think we have to remember this is this is actually for extravagantly wealthy people. And at a brand I used to work for, I used to design like um handbags and hair accessories for little girls if they were maybe involved in a wedding oh. or whatever. Like I would be helping design a little girl's hair accessory and all of that stuff and bearing in mind this is then going to be like a couture accessory this is the kind of level of well spoke yeah and, and extravagance we're talking about um and these people just don't see it the way that we do and that's kind of fine I guess but I just also am like but a kid is going to be sick or it's going to dribble. Or it's going to do whatever it needs to do. Some days your kid is well, someday you're, someday your kid isn't. And kids don't know when it's a special occasion. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like um, a colleague of mine recently moved house and he was like, the evening we moved house, my kid had a tantrum for three hours solid. Like kids just march to their own drum yeah (laughs) and you just whether you buy them that stuff or not like that stuff will still happen they will tantrum whether they're wearing gucci or not Mm -hmm. um i just think that it just it feels really obscene i totally understand why the market does it i totally understand that it's money making um and it's a whole business in itself but it does feel mad Yeah. So what's this week's poll? So I don't know, because is this rude? I feel like our listenership on multimillionaires. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sort of like yeah. I don't think asking if you would buy it for your kids is relevant. But then if someone gifted you something, I think there's nothing wrong in putting your kid in something like, I don't know, do you know what I'm trying to say? Like, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is the question of would you buy your kid designer clothes is almost like a non yeah, it's a non issue, isn't it? Because we're not out here. We're regular dads. Yeah. Um, but it could like broad strokes. Like, what's your view on designer children's mm. wear? If you had, if you were a multimillionaire, would you do it? Would you be buying the more contemporary style clothes, or are you putting your little boy in them like little shorts and and suspenders and those knee high socks? I think those are adorable. Um, you. you- you're not the biggest fan of the royals, but you like the way they dress their children. Yeah, they're cute. They are. Yeah. I have to admit. <laughs> the children off limits. They're all great kids. Yeah. Seemingly. And you know what? And... I, th- I think that might be a, a thing as well, is that kids tend to be off limits. We don't really judge children. And we obviously judge the parents because they're buying the clothing. Yes. Um. And you know what it says to me? If you're spending that much on clothing for your kid, you're like, you've already spent enough on yourself. Yeah, because essentially it's like, there's probably no one out there who's buying their kids all this designer and they've not been buying themselves designer. Yeah, like you've done your designer shop and you're done. So now. Yes, yes. I don't know. So what's our poll? Um, if you were filthy rich, would you be buying it also? Is it a, is it a waste at any economic level? Yeah. Or is it is it just wasteful? Yeah, I think that's a good question. Is it a waste at any economic level, or can you justify it when you're filthy? <laughs> when you're filthy, rich. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Cool. I guess that's it. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Style Over Substance, guys. Don't forget to check out our Instagram or Spotify to respond to this week's poll. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.